Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. I bet you didn't know that inventing activity by black inventors peaked in 1899, and it has never recovered. Black and Hispanic college graduates patented half the rate of white college graduates. That's just one of the reasons why you need to know about Invent Together. When our patent system gets more diverse, our nation will get stronger and more successful. Find out how you can help diverse inventors and unleash economic opportunity at inventtogether.org. Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. I'm Margie O'Mara, Democratic pollster with GBA Strategies. And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls driving the latest news in politics, tech, and pop culture. So Labor Day is over. My kids are in school. Richard's back. Kristen's back. We're in the studio. You'd think that would be like a normal day. <laughs> what is normal? What is normal? Yeah. So I have a, a brief um, re- retraction's not the right word. I, I need to clarify my mm. comments about pumpkin spice um, from last week. It's still cloyingly sweet and too early. Right. Yes. And I still maintain that an iced pumpkin spice latte is terrorism. But I was at the grocery store preparing for my fantasy football draft. And right. I was trying to decide what kind of beverage I was going to bring home to did enjoy. Did you get like a pumpkin spice beer? And I did look at the pumpkin beers for a while. <laughs> now, I maintain that pumpkin beer is different. Yeah. That pumpkin beer is acceptable because it is supposed to be cold. That is that is how That's it how works. Beer works. But I did realize that by if I purchased a pumpkin beer, well, it is also like 90 degrees outside. Is that acceptable? And I wound up just going with Brooklyn Brewery Oktoberfest, which was fall adjacent, but not full on pumpkin. But I still I stood in the Harris Teeter in Old Town Alexandria, like feeling this moment <laughs> of am I being a huge hypocrite? And I felt the need to confess to you listeners. Well, I'm very proud of you putting your name on this confession for just saying, you know what? I know I have an unpopular opinion and may cause people some strife. I know it's difficult to admit this. I'm going to put it under my own name and my own platform. So bravo. Pumpkin spice is not my lodestar, might you say? Right. Exactly. Uh, so this week's top lines. First, we have Kavanaugh. And this hearings. <laughs> I can't say his name without thinking that song. That's good. Uh, the Kavanaugh hearings are going on. We also have a big poll that has come out from ABC Washington Post. So we'll dive into what is going on with the midterms and are Republicans back in scary land. There's some fresh polling on press freedom that my firm did uh, that will explain a little bit about why it's It's not just Trump voters who have trouble uh, trusting the media. And then there's that one issue that will probably decide the midterms that's rarely in the headlines we will discuss. But finally, sports ball is back. We will look at the poll, not of what the college coaches think is the best team, but what the fans think is the most abominable team in college football. Great. (laughs) Margie is so thrilled that I have thrown this in the script. That's fine. That's totally fine. But this week's poll of the week. (laughs) The poll of the week is on secret anonymous people 
leaking things to the media, isn't it? But it's a historical poll. Yes. So we saw this tweeted out by Ruth at Pew, uh, our friend who tweeted out some historic Gallup data. And But this is from 2005. So it's not... Oh, God, that's historic. Well, oh. it's a historic poll about something even more historic. So, oh. I, you know, take this for what you for what you want, right? Um, so the, the question was, which, you know, which comes closest to the way about... The way you felt about Deep Throat before his identity was revealed last month, because it was revealed in 2005. You had heard about Deep Throat and you were curious about his real identity. You had heard about Deep Throat but didn't care who he was or you had never heard about Deep Throat. And half said, I'd heard about it, didn't care. And then 30% heard about it, curious, and 23% never heard about it. So I guess they asked this of, you know, it, you could have been not sort of an adult following politics and still been asked that question and then – which they didn't break out here by age. Maybe it exists somewhere. We didn't look for it. But um, but to just – you know, you could say like, oh, I sort of vaguely heard this and didn't really care, which would be a more reasonable position if you were 19 when this poll was taken in 2005. Nonetheless, still I think it's pretty interesting. Or 21. Right. And it's still <laughs> right, and it's still pretty. It's still, I think, interesting given today. We're recording this on Thursday, right? That's what day it is. And yesterday there was a New York Times story. Uh, I mean, anonymous op-ed that people are going to be talking about for quite some time, obviously, and hypothesizing who it's going to be. And so, like, how many people are going to care about this? We don't have any polling on it yet. We will, I'm sure, next week someone will have something. I do have wild speculation on who it is. There's lots of wild. Do you want to hear spe- my wild speculation? Sure. Yes. <laughs> No, the only thing that I will say is that, that everybody's focused on this lodestar thing. Right. The fact that the author used the word lodestar, which is not a word that is used a ton, but it is something that appears in quite a few of Mike Pence's speeches right. and has for a while. And people have um, ticks and favorite words and things that they like to use. Sure. And, and when you are a speechwriter, you wind up adopting the language of your principle a little bit, internalizing it. That's how you roll. Right. So I'm not saying anything. I will say that it will not surprise me. What I think is the big tell is the use of the phrase free minds, free markets, free people as a description of like this is what conservatism is because this means this person has hung out at Cato Institute happy hours Mm -hmm. for sure. So like – on your guess who board, like flip down anyone who's not like adjacent to the libertarian-ish con- movement conservatism right. or liberty movement. Like that is all I will say. Hmm. Flip down everybody else on your guess who board. Right. It's not Maria. It's not Herman. It's not. <laughs> That's all I'll say. That's my wild <laughs> speculation, Like, which yeah. probably means I am Facebook friends with this person. We're well, like two degrees of Facebook separated because that, that's not a huge world. It's not a huge world. I I was in a meeting all day yesterday and normally like I, normally I try to keep tabs on the daily hot garbage. You know, that's like my value <laughs> add. One of my value added, you know, like around you the office. A news, like we should start the pollsters <laughs> newsletter, the daily hot garbage. The daily hot garbage. Like I just, you know, I try to keep everybody informed around the office. Like, have you heard, you know, here's who got engaged. Here's some daily hot garbage. Did you see this, you know, video? <laughs> what about the, and, you know, people kind of smile and, you know, sort of pretend that that's interesting. But then I was in a meeting, so I'm like, I'm not following the hot garbage. And then, of course, on the way to the airport, 
that's a good time to check in. What's going on with the hot garbage today? And you're like, oh, my God, what is happening? This is so bad. Is this, you know, I have not been of the belief that, like, things were getting bad at an like, exponential rate. Like, when people are like, oh, the president seems really unhinged today. I'm like, he seems just as unhinged as he has for the last two years. I don't know why people think there's some kind of new level of, you know, craziness. But it does now seem quite seems like something really quite has changed. I'm now part of the, like, he is now, you know, this is now taking quite a serious turn. So we'll see what happens. In terms of the public opinion, though, maybe it hasn't really taken such a serious turn. Well, it's taken a little bit of a turn. So for the a while, starting back in December, the president's job approval was in grim territory, mid to high 30s, uh, New Year begins, tax reform passes, suddenly things are looking on the up for Republicans as job approval rises to where, remember, I used to joke, oh, he's Mr. 40 yeah. percent and then his numbers would never get to 40 percent. And now he's been hovering over 40 yeah. percent for like seven months yeah. now. Yeah. But the, the trend line has started to point back the other direction. Yeah. Um, and it's it's driven in part by the latest ABC Washington Post poll, which dropped earlier this week and really made a big splash because it not only showed the president's job approval back below 40, but it also showed the generic ballot very heavily favoring the Democrats, which, again, is a, a change. This uh, this time last year, Democrats were certainly favored by double-digit margins on the generic ballot. That got really bad as you approach December. And then again, it closed. And we've had we had moments through the spring where people would be like, oh, my God, a new poll. Dems only up three on the generic right. ballot. I mean, so it has it got less ugly for Republicans. And now it's moving back toward being a little uglier um, at just the wrong time for Republicans right. because the midterms, they are nigh. It is two months from now that, that the midterms well, will – it is on. Yeah. I mean it's on. It is on your television also <laughs> right now. Like it is like – it is. You're welcome, America. It is no longer just like – I know it's a long way out. But if you had to decide today, how would you vote? I mean it is, it is no longer a long way out. And in many of these competitive battleground districts and states, there are, there is television. There is, is television. LV from screen both, season. Yeah, there's <laughs> television from both candidates. There's television. There's television from outside groups. There's television in you know in multiple races in hot markets. I mean, there are markets with lots of pressure because there are, you know there's will be a battleground Senate race and there'll be people doing. If there's a battleground Senate race, people are talking about. Kavanaugh on the Senate, you know, and the Supreme Court, in addition to any House races and then outside groups. I mean, it is now really on officially in, in a whole lot of places. So um, so people are now responding to what's happening. You're going to see things start to move as, you know, you ha- now actually have candidates really trying to communicate with voters. You know, Democratic enthusiasm in the Washington Post ABC poll, I think, was one of the other notable things. And people are paying a lot of attention to that. Obviously, the primaries and you saw the primary in Boston is just another sign of Democratic enthusiasm, not that Primary enthusiasm in cities doesn't necessarily have anything to do with general election, Democratic enthusiasm in battleground congressional districts for November. Nonetheless, it's still a sign that there is a lot of excitement on the left. We can continue to see that. And you see that in some of these polls where you have more Democrats more likely to say they're absolutely certain to vote. Or they, um, you know, th- there's just a little bit more enthusiasm there than we typically would expect to see among Democrats in a midterm. Yeah, this was I, I wrote my column this week for the Examiner about how you know these these trends are all beginning to tip in a scary direction for Republicans. But I, I tried to note that look, there are people out there that are very skeptical of the polls. And they'll say, well, yeah, ABC Washington Post poll said X, Y, and Z, but I don't care that they have an A plus from 538, whatever, polls are all fake news. 
okay, well, then don't look at the polls. Then look at the who's turning out in primaries. And as you mentioned, it's not a perfect predictor of what's going to happen, but it certainly shows. I mean, just look at Florida. The data point I used in the column was that if you look at the last two kind of midterm primary seasons, uh, if you go back uh, eight years to the kind of Rick Scott versus Bill McCollum primary, you know, there, there were competitive primaries on both sides and Republicans had a, like hundreds of thousands more votes in their primary than the Democrats did. And then four years later, Republicans did not have a competitive primary. Democrats did have a competitive primary and still Republicans outpaced Democrats mm-hmm. by a lot. This go round, Democrats had 1.5 million votes cast in their primary and Republicans had 1.6. Like almost parity. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just different than what yeah. you normally see yeah. in that's not it's different than what you would expect. Yeah. So you can you can trust the polls because and we think you should if you're listening to our show and you don't trust the polls. What are you doing here? Right. No, actually, please stay. We love you. Keep listening. Um, if, you're, if you hate listen to us, that's fine. We'll, we'll take we'll take the download. But I, there are data points that are not just public opinion polling that confirm and support this narrative that Republicans it's if there was a moment in time when it looked like Republicans might hang on to the house like that moment is beginning to evaporate yeah I mean I've always thought you know just having worked in the you know couple of the other waves that there seemed to be this moment come the fall where things sort of really you know, solidify that, you know, races where you weren't sure what was happening or it just seemed like one party just couldn't catch a break that, you know, people were, you know, whether it was sort of, you know, the press likes to write a story about things, about a narrative that's already happened or just, you know, morale or whatever. There was just seemed like that you couldn't catch a break on either side, you know, being on either side of the wave. And so does that happen, you know, September, October now? Seeing, you know, obviously to like reinforce the pattern that's been happening for a while, you know, we'll see. Or is it really a function of like who's spending a candidate caliber voter enthusiasm on the ground, which is obviously really different this time around. So, you know, we'll see how all that goes. So um, but obviously the layer on top of this, which is what we started, we jumped around a little bit, but that's okay, is what is going on (laughs) in the White House, because that obviously is part of what, you know, makes it harder for Republicans to you know, really be able to get out their message because their message is going to be, you know, overshadowed by what's coming out of the White House. And, you know, you had some crazy news weeks even before this week, before this, you know, this Washington Post ABC poll was taken. Um, And you have questions here that, you know, we've never seen before in polls, like about pardons and impeachment. I mean, we've seen them recently, but they're not kind of historical tracking polls that, you know, you kind of regularly ask about people. We can now quantify the percentage of the electorate that is uh, that are followers of at comfortably smug. And that would be 18 percent. 18 percent say they would support Donald Trump giving Paul Manafort a pardon. So the free Manafort movement as led by at comfortably smug coming in at 18 percent of the electorate. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of questions here, you know, th- things that are really, you know, that are interesting to dig deeper. Like, do you think that corruption has increased or decreased or stayed the same? You have a plurality that say it's increased. Do you support or oppose the investigation of Trump and his associates by Mueller? This is a question that lots of folks have been asking here. They have two, th- you know, almost two thirds that say support. Uh, we've seen in some of the Navigator polling that people have, there's been more, uh, there's been an increase in the percentage of people who support the investigation as things are now happening to support 
support increase than maybe when there was a lull where it did not a lull, but just a perception that there wasn't a, you know, that something wasn't happening, even though there were indictments and guilty pleas, but they didn't necessarily always get covered. Now, I think that there's been more coverage of what's been happening recently. Some of this has changed. Do you think that Trump has tried to interfere with Mueller's investigation in a way that amounts to obstruction of justice or not? A majority said try to interfere. Um, do you think uh, the case against Manafort was justified or unjustified? Two-thirds said justified. I mean, there's lots in here that shows a majority, you know, feel that there's something troubling going on. And e- even though at the same time these questions are complicated, I mean, this is, this is you know, asking people do you think this is obstruction or ju- of justice is, you know, kind of a complicated question to ask the American people to be honest. I mean, even if we can form opinions about it, it's still nonetheless a legal question. So, um, you know, and people are responding, obviously, through a partisan lens. That said, it's still, you know, I think telling how troubling these numbers are for the president. They now, you know, they seem more uniformly negative than I think they have before. I mean, you know, two thirds say that he shouldn't fire Sessions. You know, a majority agree with Sessions over Trump and kind of their back and forth. I mean, these are very processy questions to ask people, but it shows that I think opinion is really turning against the president on some of the stuff. But it also shows, look, there there are a lot of questions where 90 percent of Republicans agree with the president. A lot of questions. But if the president pardoned Paul Manafort or if the president fired Jeff Sessions, Republicans are more than 18 percent of the electorate. Yeah. They're more than 19 percent of the electorate. So there's – though it suggests to me that those are the sorts of actions that, you know, what could Donald Trump do to hurt his numbers with Republicans? Like that may, that might be it. These are data points that suggest to me it is bigger than just the 10 percent of like, oh, I can't believe that this, this guy is the leader of my party, Republicans – more than just that group would look at those actions as bad news. Right, right. Because it's hard to really say this is something that somebody who has done nothing wrong would do. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's really how that comes down to it. So then the next big story in the news, as I mentioned, is Kavanaugh. Um, the, uh, the He's non- not getting quite that cheery, you know, woohoo reception among some folks. No, should I go it? down to the hill and go get myself into the hearing room and just like sing that until, you People know, like, someone- I don't really know how to take that protest. Is that like a positive <laughs> or is that, you know... <laughs> I got it really dressed. Know, like things a are really boring. You know like what this means? Kristen just like singing. <laughs> uh, like, okay, well, t- that's, you know, that's news. At least it's news, right? <laughs> we'll see how that adds to people's perceptions of news in the later question. Anyway, so yeah, the Kavanaugh, there's been lots of polling about Kavanaugh. The hearings have started this week. They have managed to kind of break through the news given how. Mm-hmm. Insane the news is this week. It's still, I think, one of the top stories. You know, his numbers overall, I think, have not been as good as other previous nominees. And I don't know how much of that is a reflection of him and how much of that is a reflection of the times or how much is that a reflection of Trump and feeling that, you know, somebody who is, you know, whose administration is subject to so many investigations shouldn't be able to nominate uh, a second Supreme Court justice. You know, and then you have a lot of polling that shows uh, that where that talks about Kavanaugh's position on choice. Should he? You know, this is Washington Post ABC poll. Should he publicly state his position on abortion? Something he's been reluctant to do. You have you know majority say uh, yes, he should. 
you have, you know, on, only 30 percent of folks who say they'd like to see the Supreme Court make it harder to have an abortion, which many people think that's what his, you know, his uh, leanings would would uh, suggest uh, the direction that he would go. Um, so it is causing, you know, I think this to be quite a strong you know, strong point of contention. I mean, there's also other process stuff, too. There's, you know, like the exposure, you know, being able to publicize the records where the folks on the Senate have been able to see the records. And, you know, has he been forthcoming about a variety of other answers, how he feels about investigating the president is obviously really important. So there are a lot of layers to this, but it does seem like this is still a controversial conversation. Yeah. And it's it's splitting people right down the middle that right when he was first nominated in July, uh, Fox News polling, which, again, regardless of your feeling on Fox News, their polling outfit is very good and, and very bipartisan. reputable and bipartisan. The In July, they found 38 percent said yes, confirmed Brett Kavanaugh, 32 percent no, but a huge chunk, 30 percent said I, I'm unsure. I don't know who this guy is. Unsure has shrunken considerably. And now it's split pretty much right down the middle, 45 percent yes, 46 percent no, 9 percent unsure. I think the bigger question is in a normal political environment, this would be huge and potentially drive votes. And I'm less convinced that this is a this is a story at this moment. Something could be happening on Capitol Hill right now that changes the game. Something goes nuts in these hearings. Who knows? But I feel like this is because there's just so much other stuff going on that this is less dominating of the news cycle and the political environment than like Alito was. But maybe I'm maybe I'm just remembering this wrong. I mean, it is people are running ads on it. In battleground senates, sure. So, sure. if you are in a state with a battleground senator who is up for re-election, and it was already a senator, a Democratic senator in a state that Trump won, or if you are, you know, just a senator seen as maybe you know potentially swing, you are you are watching advertising on this right now. So there are lots of states where this is happening, and you know, there's been like somebody released like an analytics poll, I and mean, it's not a poll, it's like an analytics thing to suggest that this is going to really, you know, matter and swing votes in a lot of places. I'm not sure that we can draw exactly that conclusion from looking at the analytics. It's not totally clear. And did they do, did they do people on cell phone? You know, I think there are a variety of issues there. But I mean, people are really focused on a few, on a limited number of states. And so I think in those states, it might be that's fair. more dominant. That's fair. That's fair. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, but the poll, like CNN looked at past, they have passed polling of all the different justices going through their nomination process. And Kavanaugh's numbers are worse than everybody's other than Bork's. It's worse than Harriet Meyer's, you know, it's, you know, sort of bottom tier. And again, I don't, you know, and I don't know if it's, I, I don't know what the cause of it is. I don't know how much of it is him and how much of it is Trump and how much of it is because it's a seat that now is going to determine the balance of the, you know, throw the court out of balance. Yeah, I think that's a huge piece of this is that it's not, okay, well, you're replacing Scalia with, a cons- I mean, setting aside the whole Merrick Garland situation, like you're replacing a conservative with a conservative, okay, but because this is the Kennedy seat, I think that's why this is more, you know, 40% of America strongly disapproves of President Trump. So of course, you're going to have like a floor of 40% saying like, absolutely not, do not confirm this person that President Trump has nominated. Um, so, you know, the, the no number being at 40 
doesn't surprise me. Like if you'd had me put money down at the beginning of this on what that no number right. would be before I knew a single thing about who Brett Kavanaugh was, I I probably would have picked that. It's yeah. it's not where you'd love things to be, but I also don't view this barring something crazy happening in the hearing as actually stopping his confirmation. Yeah. No, we'll see. I mean, you know, people I mean, it, it, this is a I mean, there's a lot of discussion on the left, right? Like how, what kind of tactics, how strong to be, how to talk about it. You know, the, you know, I've seen a lot of public polling trying to show, and this again, show, you know, reflects the fact that people are focused on a few states. So this analytics thing, we saw a couple, another poll from a couple of weeks ago, where people just releasing polls in key states, not national polls. And they're saying, look, you know, in this state, we tested, you know, sort of a, how do you feel about it up and down, or we had messaging and it shows that people support um, you know, support Kavanaugh uh, uh, moving on the Supreme Court. And one poll that we pushed we pushed out on the feed, I think, a couple of weeks ago, it had a message the left would not use. It was one of those things we've talked about where you have like the messages on two sides, like you got to use the message that the left is using. And I don't remember what it was, but it was definitely not what the what the left was using. Um, and then, you know, th- this, you know, the, this new thing that was released doesn't have it doesn't have any messaging at all. So it's not necessarily reflecting a you know conversation, which is, you know, which is a, an improvement. But it also assumes that everybody who says they'd be more likely that that's like means they will then vote exactly yeah, that this way. Is, this is my big – and there was a, a really interesting Twitter thread that I, f- I forget who started it. Margie and Kristen's Daily Hot Garbage. <laughs> Margie and Kristen's Daily Hot Garbage. And it was like from a couple of – like a week or so ago. I don't know. Time is time is a flat circle. I, I don't know when it was. But it was the like what what are my biggest polling pet peeves. Oh, yeah. And one of my big pet peeves – and I think I've – I'm sure I've done this for clients before like – gun to my head kind of situation. Yeah. But I hate the like, does X make you more or less likely to do something? Because I don't care if it makes you more or less likely. I care what what your action is going to be. Right. And I also think people are very bad at assessing like, ah, I was 70% likely to do X. But now that you've given me this new pr- piece of information, I'm only 65%. Like, right. I, th- I just, people don't think that way. And so getting that kind of response in a poll doesn't, I don't love. What I would yes. have loved to have seen is somebody say, okay, who do you think you're going to vote for? Uh, you know, McCaskill or Hawley. And then say, you know, currently it, the Supreme Court is debating the nomination of, you know, Brett Kavanaugh, do you believe he should or should not be confirmed? Get that number. Uh, Claire McCaskill has said she will not vote to confirm Brett Kavanaugh. Now knowing this, who will you vote for? Right. And just and get like that informed ballot and see what the change is there. Right. Or you do this, what we did in the gun poll I talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago. Like, here's one half of the survey and they're getting two different versions of a candidate. And here's the other half of the survey and they're getting just one tweak. And so you could have half get like... You know, Claire McCaskill was the auditor. Holly, this. And who are you going to vote for? And then the other half gets, you know, and then was the senator, obviously. Don't don't at me. Anyway, so then, like, <laughs> and then I'm just saying, like, insert bio here, right? And then for, uh, and then the other half would hear and she voted for Kavanaugh. And then you see, does is there a difference between those two? And so when, um, uh, you know, when Roll Call wrote about our poll, they're like, normally we don't write about uh, issue polling, but this time it's different because it shows something a little bit different. Other polls have done this kind of experimentation. I think that, like, are you more likely, less likely? I mean, sometimes the public outlets do it. And also the other 
beef with that is if you're just testing about one question, it's not as useful. If you have like 10 different issues, then at least you could see like this one matters more than the other. Even the people if people who switched all tended to pick this one, you know. You know, it's not a sign that it's not a, you know, they haven't like committed themselves. They haven't signed a contract saying this is what they're going to do. This is just like you're, you're comparing different responses and reactions, right? But you can at least have something to compare it to. Um, but I've seen people, though, and this is also my beef, or just like issue polling is bad. I'm like, well, that may be. No, no. I love issue polling. Issue polling is not <laughs> bad. Issue polling is bad if you only look at that one question, maybe, and you've never bothered to look at like any of the other issue polling that's out there because there's lots of really good issue polling. The people who actually work in these various issues spend all day thinking about how all different ways to test their issue. That's what they do. They're like, pe- you know. The, there are polling directors in all these organizations and research folks who are, like, just thinking about ways to test their issues. So it is not that issue polling is bad. Now we're going to take a quick break. Then we'll be back. Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees. And it's all online, so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google slash certificates. Okay, so you just did some recent polling that I want to hear about. I have not looked at, but I... Know that ex- I know enough to know that I'm excited to hear about. Them. Yes, <laughs> so that's, that's my intro. Back and this is this is a project that's been ongoing for a while. Back last summer, um, got brought in by the Reporters Committee on Freedom for the Press to do a project to understand what do people think about press freedom. Yep. What do people think about the press? Um, do people think that freedom of the press is under attack when the Washington Post says democracy dies in darkness? Like, what do people actually think about that? Right. And so they brought in, um, I did the qualitative work, and then um, Anna Greenberg's team. Who was a guest on the show. Guest on the show, uh, did the quantitative work for the project, but we worked hand in hand on both to figure out what do people think. The focus groups were fascinating. We went to, I'm trying to remember what cities it was, Kansas City, Missouri was one of them, I believe. Um, And, you know, we sat down with a room full of, like, Trump-supporting Republicans. Mm -hmm. And then a room full, we we did focus groups on the left as well. Because Mm -hmm. distrust of the media is not just a Republican thing. And we wanted to kind of understand on both sides. And it was fascinating because in the focus groups, when you talk about the press and press freedom and things like that, like bringing up Donald Trump in any context would like derail the conversation completely. And suddenly you weren't talking about like the role of the media anymore, I mean, even for the Democrats. Like you'd bring up Donald Trump and suddenly the conversation would just be like, oh, my God, Donald Trump. And it, it suddenly was not about like what do we need to do to defend the press or, right. or what what role does the press play in a free society like right. it was it's it is the broken wheel on the shopping cart that makes it careen into mm. the d- store display at the grocery store um so like one of the big findings of our research was when folks want to talk about the value of the freedom of the press like it's it's much more expansive than like they're going to hold trump accountable and as soon as you even mention the t word like you've the argument has fallen apart because right. it just becomes about something else. Right. 
Um, so when we asked people, you know, what do you think that the main – what do you value most about the news media in the U.S.? Like what's what's the big thing they should be doing? What's the point of having a national news media? Overwhelmingly, the response is to keep people informed. Things like holding politicians accountable, investigating business corruption, you know, like the, the idea of like an activist press – holding people accountable was less mm. of a focus than just give me information, right. help me be informed so that I as a citizen can hold politicians accountable, right. so that I as a citizen huh. can make smart choices. Um, and that one of the big problems that people have with the media is, you know, we had some questions that had some ideological stuff that would mention Donald Trump or you know, the 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 24 hour news cycle is bad. You know, like piece, there were uh, enough a lot of people that thought this was a problem. But the biggest problems were about money mm-hmm. and money being influential in the media's decision making. So the number one statement on all of our like, what's the problem with the media questions was the media is controlled by a handful of companies and powerful owners, and they each have a political agenda. The media can't cover news accurately when beholden to large business and money. Yeah, so I thought like, that was interesting yeah, as so their top worry. Um, and, and just below that is that too many news outlets do not adhere to journalistic standards, but are mouthpieces for wealthy activist donors and owners. So in both of those cases, wow. it's not just that they are captive to a political worldview, but that it's ultimately at its root driven by the money that's involved Hmm. Um, and that that is why. And so this is why it's not just about like Republicans thinking that the left is out to get them, that it's it's much more about these are big organizations where there's lots of money kind of driving decisions and therefore bad decisions get made. Now, it's interesting because like what's lower on this list, which seems sort of a little adjacent to that kind of, which is the media is concentrated on the coast. It's run by elites. They don't care about us. They don't know what goes on in our lives. Like that's like you hear so much of that thread in kind of the talk of like what's wrong with the media or why don't people like the media? Maybe because, you know, oh, poor media just like whining about, you know, how hard it is for them. What do they know? Kind of thing. But that's actually like bottom tier in terms of a thing people agree with. Yeah, and the, about. the differences between the top and the bottom weren't like huge, they were massive. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, that one doesn't specify that the media is making decisions based on right. money. It's right. that the media is just oblivious. And right. here they're like, no, 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 they they make mistakes and bad decisions deliberately. Because, yeah, well, deliberately or as a product of yeah. like we got to make money or we've got somebody wealthy who owns us and this is huh. what they want. Um, so, you know, we – it will come as no surprise that disapproval of the way the media is covering Donald Trump, you know, Republicans strongly disapprove. Democrats approve. 75 percent say they uh, approve. But independents by 37 to 60 said that they disapproved of the way the media covers President Trump. It's very much like a plague of both your houses because then we also asked, do you approve or disapprove of the way President Trump is acting toward the media? Democrats, obviously not fans. Republicans, 68 to 31 fans. But you have about a third of Republicans that don't like the way President Trump treats the media. But independents, by sort of a 35-62 margin, they do think that the president is wrong in the way he treats the media. So independents think that the media and President Trump are both treating each other badly, that it is a play-go-both-your-houses situation. So there's tons. I mean, this this was a big deep research project. We have a huge report that we've put out. 
We'll have it in show notes. Check it out. Um, but it was a very fascinating project to be a part of. Cool. All right. Well, that sounds cool. Okay. So one more. See, issue polling is good, guys. We have some uh, issue polling, or at least what things people want to hear about in the campaigns uh, in the midterms from Kaiser, Kaiser Family Foundation. So they... You know, they often talk about healthcare, but they release all kinds of data. And so the latest uh, poll that they um, that uh, they pushed out um, asked, what do you think what what do you think is important for candidates to talk about uh, in 2018? And at the top of the list is corruption, which I think is, you know, I mean, this is similar. This is consistent with some of the work that we've done for Navigator. It's not something that is necessarily always in every poll. I mean, this kind of most important issue, just what the categories are, can help you sort of see what's going on places. So, you know, I think five years ago, if you had like, what's the most important issue or what do you want to hear the candidates talk about? You would not have corruption even in the answer category. If you were, you know, and just the way you phrase this, do you have jobs in the economy? Usually that's one thing, right? You had, um, uh, you know, there was a time where we had like the war, the war on terror or terrorism and foreign, you know, and national security is one thing. Like, how do you talk about that? Like, are they one thing? Are they separate things? That's like a question wording, you know, feature or it makes a difference in how these answers are coded. You know, do you talk about gun policy or do you say gun control? Do you say abortion rights or abortion? You know, all this kind of, do you say racial tensions? What are people thinking about or immigration, for example? Um, But here they have these questions all fairly neutral, but they also, you know, I just noticed this, they also have a category for Russian meddling in the election, which is not the same as corruption, but, you know, going to probably, you know, uh, capture similar folks, right? That one is not top tier, but corruption in Washington is the top issue that people say they want to talk, they want to hear candidates talk about. I suspect that that is in part because corruption in Washington, no matter what your political party, you can believe that someone out there is corrupt in Washington, whether it's you're very upset about the deep state you know, that's like a big thing on the on the right will surely be an even bigger thing after right. this op-ed. You know, so there's a steady state, the steady state. There's lots of different ways you can approach corruption. Washington, I view the Russian meddling in the 2016 election almost as if you had put like climate change on here, where it's one of those things where like both sides have a position on immigration. Right. And what should be done about it and why it is or is not a problem either. You know, Republicans may think it's a problem. That we need to do something about illegal immigration. Right. Democrats may think it's a problem that we're too tough and we don't have comprehensive right. immigration. That's why reform. these all need to be, you know, neutral. So exactly. everybody can say, yes, that's me. I'm interested in that. But the 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 Russian meddling in the 2016 election so is then. just it's one of those things where there's a whole segment of the population that thinks like, but Russia didn't, right. or it doesn't, you know. So it's. It doesn't surprise me that that one has 31 percent saying not too important, which like nothing else on this list even comes close to having that level of not too important. It's just different than corruption in Washington where everyone can view – the other side as being culpable. So, and, and there are obviously big party differences in the Russia piece. Democrats, 29% say that that matters to them, 6% of Republicans. Now, and uh, the. You That's know, top diff- tier for Democrats. Yeah, it's top tier for Democrats. It's almost as high as, you know, what we, what 
was really one of the headlines of this, which is how big health care is, which health care is the top for Democrats. It is top tier with independence right after corruption. Mm-hmm. Independence sometimes can be really engage on issues around like reform and corrupt like those are kinds of issues that independents also you know often find interesting so i'm not surprised independents say that that's pretty salient for republicans healthcare is you know in the top group but it is not at the top and one thing that you've talked about for a while is that like the politics of the gun issue have been changing mm-hmm. to be more favorable toward democrats i think this is an interesting piece of evidence in favor right. of that position because here 24% of Democratic voters think that gun policy is one of the most important issues. For Republicans, it's only 14%. And normally, you'd kind of see that intensity. Like, the the whole premise has been, well, even if a majority of Americans feel one way on gun policy, it's that minority that feels very strongly about it, and that's their top issue. This suggests that that this is another piece of evidence suggesting yeah. that what you've said all along yep. may be happening. Yep. Yeah. No. And also, this is what people say they want to hear. There is also like the Wesleyan uh, Media Project, uh, which analyzes and codes all the ads that are out there. And it will actually show you what people are actually running advertising on House races, Democrats versus Republicans, Senate races, gubernatorial races. And, you know, now that we're entering the general election phase, presumably they're going to update it as opposed to I think the stuff they released in August probably includes primary stuff and also, you know, candidates who are like well-funded and going up early, which is going to be a little bit different than kind of when everybody goes on television. So we may see some changes, but you can see there are real differences in what people are running, you know, are spending money communicating, which can tell you what they see as important for their campaigns. So last but not least, we come to the sports ball part of the show. Sorry, Margie. I'll make it quick and painless. <laughs> <That's okay>. <laughs> um, <laughs> so normally this time so of year... Tell me a little bit more about I'm I'm not an expert. I'm just asking questions on my piece of paper. This is the time of year <laughs> when I begin losing the ability to type in the words poll in or survey, use mostly the word poll into like Google News and find anything of yes. value because the the AP coaches yes, poll, I or know. The, you know, all of a sudden coaches polls right. and football and I'm polls. I'm like, I don't care about this. What is this? <laughs> I don't want over. this. Right. But here, the Wall Street Journal, in partnership with a research firm called Lightspeed, did a poll of a hundred one thousand fifteen adult sports fans and asked them which college football team they considered to be the most hated. Hmm. So I'm so here for this question. Mm. I really want to find out, by the way, between Cameron and Ryan, who help us with the show each week, who wrote the headline that is in our script right now, which is <laughs> Notre Dame and Michigan are trash, which is they didn't they are not the top of this poll. I got to find out if this was Ryan or Cameron who That's has funny. Notre Dame or Michigan beef. Um, number one, <laughs> Roll Tide, Alabama, most hated. I have a feeling it was right. I think it was probably because Cameron's from California, so I suspect he was not like I have a really strong opinion about. Notre Ryan's Dame, from Alaska, but I got to find out from him where. Okay, so I don't know. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm now kind of in. I'm in. I'm just making stuff up. I'm like the people doing tweets about the op-ed. I'm like, I think I know. <laughs> I have really no idea. <laughs> number two, Ohio State. They should be number one. Why do you say that? Uh, because they're terrible. This is see now I'm never I'll never put this in the oppo file. Kristen will never be president of the United States because she has just insulted the entire state of Ohio. No Republican is one without winning <clears throat> Ohio. Right? I so. have Urban Meyer problems. Mm. Well, as do like women these days because you know he didn't 
whatever. There's a whole there's a whole scandal right now at Ohio State where Coach Urban Meyer has been accused of knowing that one of his staff members was abusing his wife and not doing anything about it. He then claims that he did not know, but he misrepresented the story to the media. He has been suspended for the first few games. Um, my position on Urban Meyer has been abundantly clear since he picked up and left Gainesville with a quote unquote heart condition only to immediately begin working for one of our rival teams. So I cry myself no tears at night for Urban Meyer. He is number two in this poll, <laughs> but he is number one in my heart. Uh, number three is Notre Dame. Number four, Penn State. Penn State still emerging from the shadow of the Jerry Sandusky yeah. sex abuse scandal. And number five is Michigan, which Michigan is Ohio State's rival. So I like Michigan because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. Okay. So I'm I'm pretty pro-Michigan generally. I feel like they are spiritually cousins of the University of Florida. Okay. But anyhow, yeah, so that's it. Number one, most hated team, Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. Okay. So what did we learn this week? Okay. I'm like, I'm like do I have jo- – like, no, I think I should just, you know, I think I got nothing. <laughs> I was trying to, like, figure out if what I could say that would not sound idiotic or get me in some kind of trouble with somebody. And I decided to just go with silence. Okay. I guess after a three-day weekend, we needed to catch up with 85 days' worth of news like we had this week. Meanwhile, while everyone's fighting about Lodestar campaigns or not so quietly talking about things like healthcare, between SCOTUS, the press – more investigation news. Everyone needs to become their own in-house subject area expert. But one thing I'm not a subject area expert in is sports. And that's why I need to have Kristen on speed dial always. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at, at The Pollsters, individually at, at Margie O'Meara and at K. Soltis Anderson. Find us on Facebook or at www.thepolsters.com. Thanks. <laughs>